0: A solo travel woman is a woman who is passionate about exploring new destinations, immersing themselves in different cultures, and really getting out there to create these once-in-a-lifetime memories without letting fear or anyone hold them back. Welcome to the Solo Travel Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and each week I am here to help motivate, inspire, and empower you to take your next solo adventure. Whether you've traveled solo before, or maybe you're just thinking about it, you're going to learn so much here as we dive into different destinations, give the best tips around budgeting and planning your next solo itinerary. You're going to hear from all different experts and travel enthusiasts about their solo adventures. So I invite you to tune in each week as we take this amazing journey together on the Solo Travel Woman podcast. Hello,
1: travelers. Welcome to episode 21 of the Solo Travel Woman podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here. I feel like it's been so long with the new positioning of this podcast. We are going to every other Monday. Um, Things are just picking up. Lots of travels happening. Lots of in-person events are happening and life is just happening finally, which I'm sure we're all very, very excited about. So thank you all for your joining us and being patient over the past couple weeks as we pushed out new content, because we really want to make sure the content we are providing for you is of value and something you're interested in. So rather than trying to squeeze out an episode every week, we're going to focus on value and give you content when needed every couple weeks um, in each month. So thank you. I also wanted to share a quick reminder that we have been booking up the Solo Travel Women Society Moroccan Getaway. Really excited about that. So if you are at All interested, I do suggest locking in your seat. It's a very low deposit. And then you have until end of January 2022 to fully pay. And what's really cool is if your plans change, that deposit is given back to you. So you really have nothing to lose by just locking in your spot now. So all of the information will be in the description below and check it out. So getting into today's episode, obviously, you know, we've talked a lot about stereotypes around solo travel. We've talked a lot about the fears that come with solo travel, but we really have not hit on how do you overcome those mindset blocks? You know, we've given some tips here and there, but really focusing on how do you overcome the mindset block so you can ultimately plan your next big trip by yourself and not depend on somebody else to be there and do it for you and so you know obviously there's many things that go into planning it's not just choosing a destination even though that takes a lot of research and time um you know and you do have to book a flight and you know reserve your accommodations and so when you look at all the different factors of what goes into planning a solo trip or any trip it could be pretty intimidating if you don't know what you're doing. However, it really doesn't have to be. If you just kind of take a step back and remember the why and why you are doing it and try to remember that you're doing this to get a better sense of other cultures and, you know, the world around you and just really to experience things. And so I'm very excited to have our guest, Angie, join us today. She is the creator of the Flexitarian Digest, and she hosts courses to kind of give you all of the tools and resources you need for that do-it-yourself travel planning so you can be a part of that experience and of that itinerary creation and of the whole process of what you're going to be doing because ultimately this is your trip and you want to be a part of all of it. And so I'm really excited to welcome her to the show so she can help you understand how to overcome those mindset blocks so you can experience and create an experience that is very unique to you when you travel. So Angie, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thanks for having me, Sarah. And my God, what an introduction. Like, ooh, how am I going to follow that? <laughs> You're so
1: welcome. I. It's funny because I'm one of those people I hate hearing my voice after, but everyone's always like, your intros are really good. I'm like, thanks, except for my voice. <laughs> like,
2: no, you are spot on.
1: Thanks. Oh. I appreciate it. Well, obviously, I know we're definitely going to get into what you do and all of the great things you provide are, you know your your clients and you know what you know our listeners can learn from you and stuff but I always like to kind of do these episodes in you know a chronological order you know the past the present and the future and so everyone starts somewhere not everyone hops into solo travel out of nowhere and usually there's always some fun stories that go with it and so I always love to start with you know what's your story like what got you into solo travel? What have your travel experiences been? And just really anything key you've learned as a solo traveler, because that really does inspire the audience that we have that may be thinking about dipping into this way of travel.
2: Yeah, so I'll try to make this as quick as I can. So
1: girl, take your time. We love these stories.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so really, it was the case. um, Travel was Always been a part of my life, but solo travel didn't really come into play until about high school for me. So I'd always go on like family road trips. So we would go up and down the East Coast and we would go to Canada as well, specifically Montreal, because I have family there. So it was road trips initially. And then in high school, I took four years of French. So I was like, oh my God, like I want to be able to go to France and I want to go to the UK. And I started like watching all the reality TV shows and you know all the fantasy shows and I was like oh my god that looks so amazing to be like you know on the Champs-Élysées like eating a croissant and being fabulous and I wanted to do that but I didn't really know how to travel plan on my own I was just basically you know 15 years old I didn't have a job or anything and then when I went into college too they had all these study abroad programs but I'm like I don't have three thousand dollars laying around so how am I going I had like the intention and the dreams of going to these places, but I didn't really know how to do it because like my parents had basically taken care of the travel planning and I didn't really have a hand in it. I was just kind of like, okay, I'm here, like, let's do this. So then um, it wasn't until I got my quote unquote first big, big girl job in 2015. And It was funny, too, because in 2010, I started to get into tennis a lot. And it's such a global sport. And I was like, oh, my God, like, you know, there's all these other places that are so cool. And I want to be able to go see tennis players and meet people. But I was still so afraid. And then finally, in 2015, I was like, you know what? I really want to go see my favorite player play this tournament. And of all the places, it was in Ohio. So I was like, okay, I'm planning a trip to go to Ohio, I'm gonna go see this tennis tournament and it's gonna be amazing. And I was afraid, definitely afraid because it was my first trip on my own. I was meeting people actually from Twitter that I had never met before. I had just seen their faces sometimes like, you know on the profiles and was talking to them but never met these people and I'm like, oh my God I'm just throwing myself into the lion's den. But then I went on the trip It was absolutely amazing. And my travel could have just stopped right there. But I was like, no, like I want to go to other places. So then in 2016, I actually went to Canada on my own, met another friend from Twitter, had an amazing time in Ottawa. And then I'm like, okay, now let's go to London. And I almost cracked myself. I'm like, I really don't know what's going on in London. It's, you know, all these miles away, time differences, currency differences. But yeah. I went there, I was tired as all hell, but I adapted within one day and I was like, okay, like I did, you know, an out of state trip. I did a mini out of country trip to Canada. And then I did a big out of country trip to London. So then after those, I was like, pretty much I can go anywhere and plan anything. Cause I had taken those baby steps.
1: Nice. Yeah, it definitely, I, I always feel that way. Once you get, you know, your first couple under your belt, even though it can be still intimidating because every destination is different. And obviously what you do for one is not going to be what you do for another. It does get, you know, obviously you'll always be nervous. I mean, it's just human nature, but it gets a little bit easier and you find yourself adapting a little bit faster. The more you do get out there and do it. Yeah, exactly. For sure. I love that though. And I feel like a lot of people are probably in that same you know, that same boat when it comes to, you know, the nerves around it, but I'd love to know more. So, you know, you said you've been to London, things like that. How many, do you have like any stats on like how many countries you've been to, how many places and, um, or how many states are you still kind of getting your feet wet into the, you know, kind of tr- tracking all the different places you've been? We always like to kind of hear that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I'm not really a super tracker, so I'm not like a 30 countries type person. Yeah um it is the kind of case I'm kind of a repeater so I love just going back to London and I kind of just love going back to you know some of the places I've been to many times because you know you just can't go to a place once and really experience it there's just like no so many bad. nuances so you take London for instance it's like okay like you can be in central London but then you could get on the train go one hour and go to uh-huh. Brighton you can go to Bath you can go to different kind of places but mm-hmm. have like your central base in London so it's not yeah, really it's like you
1: have like a whole hub and spoke travel plan
2: <laughs> yeah like I think like the country thing it's great because you're getting mm-hmm. out there and traveling but I don't think it really should be like the be-all end-all measure it's really about I like that,
1: yeah, getting
2: like you know, into these countries and actually experiencing the countries and really getting to know, like you know, maybe those like little like corridors the cobblestone streets, like who are the local artisans in that country? Like what is the culture, like kind of immersing yourself in that way instead of thinking like, okay, like yeah, I went to fifty countries, but can you remember even what you did in five of those countries? that yeah. Of
1: No, I really like that. That's a good point to make. I um, you know, it's one thing I have a lot of friends that are very into and they kind of preach on slow travel and, you know, making travel meaningful. And, you know, if you're gonna spend only two weeks in a city, you're not you're not gonna see it all. And I mean, I can honestly tell you, I mean, I've lived in New York City for fourteen years and there's still parts of it I've not yet explored um and there is you know and with London yeah I mean when I was there for about three weeks a couple of years ago I um I did that where I went to Bath one day went to Stonehenge I went up to the Cotswolds I went to Blenheim Palace. like I did so much more outside of London than I did in the city and I was like wow I wish I had a lot more time yeah. <laughs> this stinks <laughs> like I need more time for sure um and it's I mean it's just a beautiful London such such a beautiful place. Yeah. So, okay, so what, you know, with your experience traveling solo and with, you know, the trips you've planned for yourself and all of that stuff, what really led you and like what was it that you learned that led you to, you know, start The Flexitarian Digest? Like what what was that journey?
2: Yeah, so I think it was just really the case for me like since cuz I've been doing photography, and then just really interested, like super interested in travel, especially in my college days, so probably like 2010, 2011. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just the case for me, I really wanted to do something like within the travel industry, but I didn't really know how to break into the travel industry, right? Because you kind of have to have those connections. It's not just like a straightforward shot, like, okay, like you can go to school for, let's say like something in travel like okay like you can go for tourism but Mm -hmm. you know for because travel is just so vast it's not like okay there's like specific travel majors you just kind of like fall into it and then you get connections and everything and I'm like I'm just a small town girl from Delaware like I don't have those kind of connections and um also like my major in college was nutrition dietetics so I was just like okay like you know dieticians really are just supposed to be like in hospitals or community settings. And I was thinking to myself, well, maybe I'll start traveling more when I'm probably 30 years old and I get settled in a job because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get kind of like your life together before you start dabbling into other things. That's why I kind of put things on the back burner. But then with the pandemic hitting, I was like, okay, I have one or two options because i had left my job. I think a month or so before the pandemic hit. So Mm -hmm. I was just thinking to myself like, okay, I have two options. I can either just sit here and sulk because I have no job and I had no prospects, or I could just kind of dig into my reserves and think like, okay, like what is it that I'm actually like really, really good at and really passionate about? So then after, you know, doing some stuff online and everything, going through some courses, I just thought to myself like, ah, travel. That's always a thing that I wanted to do, but I never really had time to really uh, furrow my energy towards. And then I thought back to actually, I had helped my friends travel plan before, kind of what we were just talking about, like you know, being fearful to travel and everything. I had a friend of mine who lives in Canada that wanted to go to London so bad, but he was super afraid and he had really never traveled out of Canada before. So I actually had typed up a full, document of me going to a tennis event there and i sent him the i sent him the document and then i also did a little bit of airbnb planning for him oh, and nice. he, and then he took both of those aspects went on the trip to london had an amazing time got to see our favorite player like front and center didn't pay like an an abhorrent amount for it and then had an amazing time in london all from my recommendation so i was like ah like I have the clout here, like, you know, I have my experience as well. So why don't I actually take all the energy that I was putting into other things and actually put it into something that I'm really passionate about. So that's how the flexitarian Digest came about.
1: I love that too. And yeah, if you're already gonna do that, like just, you know, being nice for friends, you might as well turn it into something so you can even broaden and help even more people than just outside your, you know, your circle and your community there. Yeah and plus it's so fun and i know planning and stuff like that can be very tedious or i mean i work in corporate events i am a travel agent you know i totally get it that there's not not everyone really likes to do the nitty gritty work of planning but i always feel and what i love about what you do is you really get the person who's traveling involved and maybe they're not doing the nitty gritty work of the logistics of actually like booking and executing it or book, you know what I mean, executing the planning, but they need to be involved in the experience planning of it because this is their trip, <laughs> like, you know, you, you, they could tell you till the, they're blue in the face everything they want, but you're still not them, you know? So they should still be a part of the planning. And I feel like the more you're a part of that, the more, um, whatchamaha, I, 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 the more you're gonna enjoy the experience.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think like, even if it's the case that you're just maybe going to a travel planner, or you come to me for something, and you just have a roadmap, I think that's just even better than just saying like, okay, like, defaulting it totally to someone because then you have to like, send it back maybe for, let's say five edits or so when you could have maybe just had a roadmap and then being like, okay, like, maybe I don't want if you have 10 recommendations, maybe I don't want five, but there's five that I really love. And then you Mm -hmm. can just kind of like go from there instead of almost having to start back at zero and then everyone getting frustrated type thing.
1: Oh, I totally agree with that. And I think, I think that's definitely, definitely a way to go. And like I said, I think it would just, it just makes the experience so much, so much more. So let's say you know so if someone wanted to get involved with one of your courses that you offer can you explain more about what value they would find in that and how they get involved
2: yeah sure so um my website is i can just say my my website at first it's i think it's the flexitarian com or so um it's mm-hmm. in my instagram bio and yeah,
1: and it'll be in the description of this, too. Yeah. And apologies for the background noise. My dog is crazy back there. <laughs> yeah, no
2: problem. So really, it's the case, um, there's two versions of the course. There's a version for those that live in the U.S. because there's like specific U.S. products in there. And then there's an international version for those that live outside the U.S. And basically, in the whole course, it just breaks down every single part of a typical itinerary. So everything including flights, your accommodations, activities, um, transit, budgeting, different kind of safety tips, like all those essentials that you would need in, it- in an itinerary, I break each one of those parts down into bite-sized pieces. And then I insert like my own little nuggets of experience as well. So like different apps that I use and all of that to really help you maximize your money, but also just get you know, the best out of whatever location that you want to go to and really just make it adaptable for any budget and really planning for any time. Because I see a lot of people, especially on Instagram saying like, okay, like you can enter, you can like go on Google maps and say, okay, just like pick any place for any time. But Uh maybe you don't want to do that option. Like maybe you're on maybe you're still at your nine to five or something or you only have a a specific time that you can go you can't really do that anytime option you kind of have to maybe be in like a set time so really I just want to have these options available for people to basically be able to plan an itinerary for really any time that you would need it and not have that stress like oh my god like I'm missing out on this great deal it's like no like Really like you can get the great deals anytime. It's just making the systems and everything work for you in your favor.
1: Yeah, it's and it's not yeah, knowing where to look, knowing when to look. Um, but these deals aren't like one one and done. There's always something new and usually something better when
2: you when you wait yeah.
1: from what yeah. I find. Yeah. Cause if you jump on the first thing you see, you're probably gonna like kick yourself in the tush later because I've done that a million times I'd be like oh my god it's too it's too good to pass up and then I'm like oh if I would have waited a day yeah, I'll see. <laughs> something else would come up and I'm just known for doing stuff like that so <laughs> I totally I totally love that logic for sure um that's awesome and I think that's so great that you offer these courses because you know I
0: don't see
1: it often. I don't see a lot of people doing this. And so for anyone who, you know, obviously is very, very, um, independent and excited and strong-willed and wants to take their own solo adventure, but you just don't know where to start. It's nice to just have that extra tool, resource, support system, um, to help you plan that trip. And, and I'm assuming it's not just for solo travelers. If you had somebody, you know, interested in doing this, you know, for them and a friend and stuff like that. You work with like other, like more than just like solo travelers, I'm assuming.
2: Yeah. And that's what I list. Um, especially in my FAQs, it is called the solo travelers playbook, but really it's just about knowing a, almost like a theory and a system, an effective system of going about things. Yeah. I kind of feel like if you're just, again like maybe just allocating like strictly to somebody or just throwing spaghetti at the wall then you're really not going to be getting anywhere and then you're just going to always be dependent but I really want it to be the case that people can be really confident really empowered and just be independent being like okay like if I'm going with a friend great if I want to just take something for myself okay it's done I can do it yeah <laughs>
1: No, and I think, yeah, I mean, and that definitely stresses and highlights the importance of getting involved, I think, more in the itinerary design, too, because, yeah, if, if there is things that are more involved or if there's things that are, you know, pretty much one and done, you have, like, you now have that confidence to be able to do those things once you kind of go through this program with you. Mm-hmm. That's great. And so, you know, I definitely would love to hear more, too, about, you know, just kind of where do you see the Flexitarian Digest kind of going from here, you know, what you have your courses, you offer these amazing programs for clients, but where what what's next? What do you see happening next?
2: Oh my god, like, my mind is just exploding of all the possibilities. So really, it is the case that um, these two courses I have right now is going to be the backbone, because I just think there is just such a need for people just generally being able to plan any kind of travel that they want to, um, plan and just really customize it and just almost like learn about yourself too, and just really be with yourself and love yourself in that way. So, um, these two courses are always going to be at the core of things, but then it is also the case for myself that I want to do, um, stuff like in the digital nomad realm and location independent realm, because I'm actually thinking of, probably spending some time between the U S and other countries. So probably in the future, I will likely either make like an ebook or another course of like how to effectively go about if you want to be location independent or digital nomad, almost like the same format as my courses. So kind of like taking people through that step-by-step process. Um, of not feeling like so fearful, like, oh my God, like, you know, I don't really know like how I'm supposed to budget for something. I don't know like which countries are the best. I don't know which mm-hmm. is the safest. Like, you know, do I only have to go to Mexico? And is that like my, my best option to be a digital nomad? I'm like, no, it's really the case. You can adapt it to anything. It's just again, like knowing those different kinds of steps and what to do. So those are the kinds of things I wanna do in the future.
1: Yeah, that'll be really cool. I like that too. The extra, the extra tips around becoming a digital nomad. I get that asked so much on, you know, how do I work remote? Or how do I factor travel into my career? Or how do I just kind of go off and, you know, just do things on my own and, you know, work remotely all the time? And you know, my experience is I'm very fortunate to work for a company that supports that. So like I, I kind of have it easy in that sense. And then I also in my own business, but I know a lot of companies that's not necessarily the case. And I always tell people you got to weigh your pros and cons is the 10,000 extra a year to sit in an office um, more important than maybe taking a 10K pay cut. But you have the freedom and flexibility to travel and work from home. Like what is like what's your priority? You know what I mean? What what matters more to you?
2: Right. And it's good that you bring up that point, too, because even if you're just talking about whether it's digital nomad or not, just generally, like, what are your priorities? So if you really want to be able to travel, then maybe like you'll, you might have to like cut back on
1: mm-hmm.
2: some things that other things that you're doing in your life to prioritize travel, but it doesn't have to be the case, like, okay, If you're trying to budget for your travel, it has to be almost like a cons, a total construct around your neck. Like, no, it can be really flexible. You're just putting your priorities in line.
1: Yeah. And, you know, one thing too, that I always say is like, you know, if travel is a priority, yeah, you have to make it a priority. So just like you would budget for your cable bill or your car payment budget and, you know, have a monthly travel fund, you know, like make it an actual like line item on your budget sheet or whatever you do. So therefore you can, you know what I mean? Factor that in every month. And, you know, and one thing I wanna stress too is like, we're not saying um, to everyone who's listening that, you know, you need a lot of money to travel. You don't, you know, there are ways to travel on a very minimal budget. However, you still need a budget and you still need some sort of funding. It's not free. Um, You know, and like we talked about on the last episode with Rachel about, you know, she was a nomad for 10 years and she picked up all these odd jobs and she shared with us some of the types of different jobs she's done. And we had another girl, Sahara, that, you know, she taught us, you know, some of the cool ways um, she was able to make money when she was on the road and stuff. And so, you know, we're not saying you need tens of thousands of dollars, um, but you still have to make it a priority. You have to put a budget in and you have to just be responsible with that. um, If you really, really, this is something you really want to do.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just the case, like for me, I'm weighing my options because this is going to be my full-time gig. Um, So it's great that I can take this on the road with me, but yeah, like if you're trying to do something like in the travel industry or not, yeah, you just always have to weigh those options um, for how you want to travel and how much you want to travel and all of those things.
1: For sure. And so, something fun to ask. So as a traveler and someone who likes to inspire others to travel and help people travel, you know, obviously, as you know, things are starting to reopen. I know I've been getting very busy, um, you know, with travel planning and things like that. But I would love to just know, do you have any fun travel plans coming up or anything in the future you're excited to start planning? Um, you know, kind of what are you, is there anything you're looking forward to on the travel side of your life?
2: Yeah, so it's actually really funny. Um, There's a few things. So I'm actually in the process of doing some planning for a family reunion that's going to happen here in Florida um, in July. So I'm coordinating an Airbnb for that. And then for my own solo travel, I'm planning on coming to Boston um, for a weekend for a tennis tournament. And then also to see more Boston because I've just like basically driven through it, but I haven't walked it. So boston in september and then my big ambitious trip for the end of this year is to do london and italy so it's going to be london and then italy so that will that will include um rome torino um milan and venice so we'll see Uh,
1: so you're definitely yeah that's definitely something to look forward to for sure i um i know i am i have i'm just i'm ready i am so ready i'm just like i've been bitten i'm going to phoenix in a couple of weeks um well scottsdale areas where i'm staying and i am just i know it's not anywhere like crazy you know different and exciting but i'm so excited um just you know change of scenery i'm sick of looking at the same four walls for the past year and a half <laughs>
2: Yeah.
1: Tell me about it. No, especially living in a big city. It's like, Oh my God, I just can't wait to get out there. I'm so excited. Um, well, I love that. And Andy, I would love to know just, you know, I always like to know, and I always like to ask, um, if you can leave, you know, the audience with some really good key pieces of advice, um, you know, when it comes to, Either if they've been on a solo journey, you know, for years and they've been doing this and, you know, is there any advice you have for those folks or any that are just starting out and they're just kind of like in the, oh gosh, I really want to do this phase, you know, and they're just nervous and excited and, you know, trying to figure things out.
2: Yeah. So I think um, two things I'll say. So the first is travel is really what you make it. It's not what Instagram says. It's not what the travel industry says. It's really what you make it and what you're wanting to get out of it. So I don't really think whether you want to be really bougie or really budget, great travel is great travel because you're on it. And I think it's really just such a beautiful vessel for you to be able to just like really see deep into yourself. Cause I am a firm believer that travel is mindfulness in motion. So You know, things like exercising self-care, like increasing your self-awareness, you know, especially if you're solo traveling, like, you know, that self-love and just being able to actually just like block out all the outside noise and just really be able to just be one of yourself and just really immerse yourself in a different culture. I think that's the best gift of all. So don't let anyone say that you're not traveling right because you're not doing how they're traveling. Traveling is really individual, customizable, and just get out there and do it. Oh, hell
1: yeah. I love that because we do. I mean, I mean, in every facet of life, I mean, we're all guilty of it. We all compare ourselves to everyone else, whether it's looks, it's you know, careers, it's material items, and even in the travel agency. Industry and in the world of travel, we do not escape that. We're always comparing. Oh, I didn't do that when I went to Mexico, or oh my God, she got to do this, I didn't get to do that, you know. And you can't do that because, yeah, I, I mean, I often get, you know, not made fun of, but questioned why I like to solo travel. Like, oh, are you alone? Or does nobody want to travel with you? And I'm like, no, that's not the case. That's I'm kind of selfish when I travel and I want to experience <laughs> what I want to experience. And I don't want to deal with someone who wants to sleep in or someone wants to go to like a bar when I want to go to a museum, you know what I mean? Like exactly. that's, and yeah. And so I totally love that and can relate to that. Travel is what you make of it. And it's your experience. It's the time to be selfish in my opinion. Now that doesn't mean I don't like laying on a beach in the Caribbean, sipping pina coladas. There's a time for that. But when I'm doing, like, the full cultural immersion, going to really learn about history, because I'm a history nerd. And when I go to learn about it, like, I want, it's about me, <laughs> like, my experience. And so I like that you, you know, help people. Um, and you kind of touched on, you know, that travels what you make of it. Because I've, I've had agents in the past that I've worked with before I became one that just was like, are you sure you don't want to do this excursion? I'm like, No. I don't want to plan anything in advance. Leave me alone. I want to wake up and <laughs> see where like the world <laughs> takes me. You know, I don't want to like have to worry about, oh, I stayed at this place too long. So now I'm going to miss this. And I just lost $500. You know what I mean? Right. So, exactly. I mean, I'm not, I'm just, yeah, I, I I really love that. Cause it really, really is what you make of the experience for yourself.
2: Yeah. And just like one last thing, I think it's really great as well because okay, you're selfish in the moment, but I just think it enriches your life that much more because Mm -hmm. if you're actually pouring into your own cup, then when you're coming back, you can just pour so much more into other people because you actually took care of yourself first. And I think that's the important thing.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's extremely true. The more you do for yourself, the more you can give to other people. Um, You know, it's the same concept as, you know, you can't really love someone and put love into something else or someone else unless you you know, give yourself some self love, and you love yourself. And it's that same concept with every facet and aspect of life, in in my opinion. And obviously, you know, you, you definitely agree with that, too, which is, you know, really great. Um, Because yeah, yeah, the self love and just getting out there and experiencing it. It's, you know, I was saying how, you know, it's how I learned the most about different things, you know, growing up in the States, you know, and, And I know every country has their own media issues and their own way. They're force fed, you know, opinions on people and cultures and religions and all that stuff. And I was saying how, you know, one of the best things I ever did was go to Turkey by myself because I didn't have the barriers of other people in my group stereotypes. I had my own, you know, that unfortunately I was fed from media and from school at a young age. And I was able to go there and completely break them down because I I made this experience about that. And I focused solely on that. That's why I wanted to go there. Um, right. So I could like teach myself a, a real lesson on, you know, that, what we're taught here. <laughs> and, um, and I think because of that, that helped me open up to like, just be more accepting and loving of so many other people um, because I was able to take that lesson and learn um, firsthand, um, you know, kind of, the stereotypes and barriers and you know all that stuff we get you know force-fed over here Mm -hmm. um and the best way to experience and break those down is in my opinion traveling
2: yeah yeah and I I always like say this to people it's kind of the case like okay like you can see a monument somewhere you can go out in nature but I don't know there's just something so simple and so beautiful like when you actually can get together with people and even if it's something like being at a dinner table, and just sharing a meal. And really, there's no barriers, there's no anything, you're just really being all together as one unit. And I just think that's the most beautiful thing that you can experience. Yeah. And it's only experience really, um, through travel and getting out of your comfort zone type thing.
1: Yes, I love that. Well, Angie, thank you so, so much. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know things are busy and I know just... I I know what it means to, you know, set time aside to dedicate for something like this. So I really, really appreciate it. I know our audience is going to appreciate it. And I'm really excited to see what's next for Flexitarian Digest. And everyone, all the information will be in the show notes. Um, So when you look at the description for this episode, you'll be able to click links and find Angie on social media, go to her website, check out her courses. And if you have any questions, you know, definitely let me know and get, I'll get you in touch with Angie if you have any questions about, you know, her offerings and um, her course as well. But I, I mean, thank you so much. This was such a great conversation.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Although traveling solo is one of the best experiences you can ever have, sometimes it does get kind of lonely. And sometimes it's really hard to find others who share that same passion of traveling and doing it on their own and that is why I love Tourlina. Tourlina is an amazing app that allows women to connect with fellow female travel companions and locals within a secure and trusted network. It is safe and reliable. Every new user gets checked and only verified users can chat with each other. It's for women only, so you could still be part of that solo travel woman network. And it also just makes you want to travel. It's not a dating app, and you're never going to travel alone when you join Tourlina. So my viewers, what's awesome is Tourlina is giving you 50% off a one-year subscription. Use code Sarah50 and go to Tourlina. Lina.com slash promo to get your 50% off. Again, that's Tourlina.com slash promo for 50% off. All the details are in the description below. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Please remember to follow or subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening on. And if you really liked what you heard today, give us a rating. We love to hear from you and get your feedback. See you next week.